Hi guys, how are you today? Uh, thank you for joining me today and watching the video as well as our listening to the podcast. I'm here today with one of the real estate agents in Ukraine. His name is Louis Conter and he works for Sudbys International and he is a real estate agent. I was really impressed the way he was doing so many videos and information regarding being a real estate agent on TikTok as well as he reads books at 5 a.m. and he is a big, uh, he is a very good mentor if anybody is looking into becoming a real estate agent. So I have Louis here and I'm going to interview him and ask him a few questions. Hi Louis, how are you today? I'm good, thank you very much. That was a very nice introduction. <laughs> thank you so much. And I didn't prepare for it. I just do it on the spot. Off the tongue, off the tongue now. Very good, I like it. Thank you so much. and. Uh, so how did, so first of all, are you from uh, New Zealand or where are you from? Yeah, so I, uh, I'm originally from the UK. Yes. Yeah, so I came over with my family in 2002. Um, I've got a younger brother and a younger sister um, and mum and dad are here as well. So we came over in 2002 and we lived in Milton Keynes in England. Most people won't know where that's from. They've never heard of Milton Keynes. They only ever hear of, you know, Manchester, London, Liverpool or, or somewhere like that. But it's in between. It's a city in between Birmingham and London. So in the mm -hmm. middle of the UK, there's not much goes on there. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't unsafe or you know, it wasn't too bad, um, but my mum and dad kind of just decided um, when they started to have a family, I'm the oldest, that they decided that they wanted to just have a better life for us. So um, that was the main reason they wanted to move out to New Zealand. We had a little bit of family here. So mm -hmm. that was a, a, a big decision for them, obviously, to, to take us across the world. Um, we've been back a couple of times, but I definitely feel like New Zealand is, is where I'm probably going to live for the rest of my life. And I think if you live here, you, you can see those reasons why. Yes, I have been here since seven and a half years and I love it. Mm. So, um, who, and uh, what is your background is like? What is your education background and what you yep. have been doing so far? Yep, so that's a, that's a bit of an interesting one. My education, I obviously uh, went through the uh, intermediate school system and uh, high school system. I'm, I'm from Westlake Boys High School. A lot of you, if you are from uh, the North Shore or, you know, even from over the city side, you'll know Westlake Boys quite well. Very strong academic school very strong uh, sporting school, very good culturally. Um, my academic side was not always my strong suit, but um, uh, I managed to avoid getting into too much trouble and then uh, made my way to university. So I mm -hmm. studied a history degree. Uh, you can probably see all these books up here. There's, it's half of its historical fiction, half of its personal development. Um, mm -hmm. History is a, a major, major passion of mine and has always been. Um, so I studied history for three years. Um, then I took a one-year break and, and went to live in Melbourne to play football, um, soccer. Mm -hmm. I'm a goal, I'm a goalkeeper, so um, that's also another one of one of my main passions in life. Um, and then I came back to New Zealand when I was about 24 uh, or 23, 24, and I studied a postgraduate diploma in secondary teaching. So that was when I went into teachers' college to train to become a teacher. Um, I, I was, yeah, I know it's a bit of a different, it's a very different career path, isn't it? That's what most people, most people are very surprised when, when, when I tell them that. Um, so I studied history and social studies. So I am a qualified history and social studies teacher, believe it or not. Um, did a year uh, and I taught at colleges in my placement, like Rangi Toto and Glenfield College on the shore, which is a really cool experience. But I just felt that like I was 23, 24 at the time. It wasn't really what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Um, and after talking to a lot of teachers, um, I decided to pursue a career in real estate. Um, so 
after speaking to a couple of my close friends at the time, one of them was a mortgage advisor, one of them was a, a real estate agent, had a couple of coffees, had a couple of meetings with, with some people in the industry, and they said, hey, we'll think you'd be really good at this. I think this really suits you. This aligns with what you want to do for the rest of your life um, and the things that I wanted to achieve anyway. So um, that was kind of how I fell into it almost. Oh, nice. So what motivates you every day? Well, that's a tough one. I don't know if I'm motivated every day. I think, um, and this is something that, that uh, my brother and I speak about a lot. He's a personal trainer and he's he's very much into um, the same things as I am in terms of the development and, and the discipline side of things. Um, I definitely wouldn't say that I'm motivated every day. And I think it's a little bit of a, um, that's the first hurdle is, is understanding that not everyone's always going to be motivated every single day of their life. You know, for the last two days in a row, I was personally really, really tired, you know, just a little bit run down. You know, some people around me been, been feeling a little bit ill. So maybe that rubs off on me. Don't worry, I've got my I've got my COVID test. I'm back and I'm negative. So I'm I'm good to go. Um, but I think to be honest, it's it's is discipline is the main thing that you know gets people out of bed in the morning. That's what gets me out of bed in the morning for the last uh, maybe four four years. Like you said, I've been waking up at 5 a.m. sometimes. Uh, there was a period of time in my life where I was waking up at 4.30 a.m. just for no other reason, just to get ahead on my day and to get up early, have some good food, nutritional food, get get some water in my system and get to the gym, Read reading books early in the morning. Um, some people find it difficult to kind of um, switch their brain on, but I really feel like I, it's a really powerful way to start my day. And I, I do feel like I really benefit from it, but in saying, you know, about the motivation versus discipline, it's, it's, there, there are so many mornings where I'll wake up and it's a little bit cold or I feel a little bit sluggish and motivation is not the thing that gets you out of bed. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely the discipline and the discipline is being able to do the same thing every day without, without wavering or, you know, just keeping your eyes on the goal in the distance and, and, you know, sucking it up and just dealing with it when, uh, when you really don't want to on the days that you don't want to do it. Those are the days that are usually the most rewarding. Yes, and I saw I saw in your stories that you always read books, so that's why I remember that easily. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, who is Louis as a person, except as the a, real estate? Uh, except the real estate, well, I guess I touched on a few things already. I think obviously the history um, hasn't always will be a really important part of my life. My mom and my granddad um, are definitely people who instilled than me as well like when I was a lot younger but uh, aside from that um, football is something that takes up a, a large portion of my time um, I've been playing since I can remember obviously as a young boy from England there's nothing else you really want to do apart from be a footballer so coming over to New Zealand that was probably one of the more difficult things is in transitioning into a, a country where football first of all well it is the main sport over here because that's the, the, the most kids over here play it but um I think it's obviously just rugby is very dominant over here. And I didn't quite understand, you know, when I was like 10 years old, going out at morning tea and going out at lunchtime to, to play sports in the field that like only 20% of the kids wanted to play football and everyone else wanted to play rugby. And like, to be honest, I was like, I couldn't think of anything worse than, than doing that at that point in my life. Obviously, I'm into into all sports now and I watch all sports. And I'm a big fan of rugby, big fan of or, or, or all sorts, especially when there's the major international tournaments. But football is something that has just dominated my life for a long period of time, um, I still play um, at, a, at a decent level. Um, I did play, um, uh, you know, at a nationwide level in New Zealand. Um, you know, obviously went overseas uh, multiple times with, with Auckland City um, and, you know, had some incredible, incredible experiences. Um, but I think these days it's, it's something that has 
had to take a bit of a, a backseat to to my work. And obviously, everyone, every young footballer, really, um, there's a there's a point in your life where you kind of decide, okay, um, I'm not I'm not going to pursue the, the professional dream anymore. I'm going to decide to to set up shop, at, you know, in New Zealand or Australia or wherever it may be, and, and pursue a career. And that's really what I what I decided to do with the real estate. But football history. You know, I live in a, a really nice big flat with a lot of my close friends. I'm a, I'm a big family guy. Um, I, you know, I go out socializing, have some drinks with friends. Um, and yeah, obviously the reading and stuff as well is something that keeps, keeps me um, fulfilled. So um, there's all sorts that I like to do. <laughs> That's good. So, uh, you know, uh, there were so many uh, real estate companies, right? Why did you choose going to... Uh, so the one that you're working with, Sotheby's, I think. Yep, Sotheby's, Sotheby's, Sotheby's. New Zealand Sotheby's. Yeah. Um, Sotheby's. So it, it's it's a really good question. It's a question that I probably one of the most common questions I get asked on, on TikTok. I, I do get a little bit hesitant to to share, you know, comment back and and share what companies I'm working for and things like that because I I really don't want it to be too much about that when I'm on on TikTok. I want it to be more about me providing information to people that 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 have no other means of getting that information. You know, it's not so, it's not so. Let's not talk about Sotheby's. Let's say why did you what things you should look for when you want to be a real estate agent in a uh, good company. Absolutely, and, and I'm more than happy to talk about Sotheby's as a company as well. I was just kind of touching on the fact that that people on TikTok sometimes, you know, I'm I'm more providing information for them rather than the company. But Sotheby's is is, is a phenomenal company. I've only been here for about seven months. I joined them at the start of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, there are many many companies in New Zealand, and there are many many companies in Australia. And to be completely honest with you, the most of them are really good companies. I think uh, the majority of them are, 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 are run very well. They're organized very well. Um, it's just about finding the best personal fit for you. And that's the same thing that I always preach um, on TikTok when I'm, or, or even on Instagram. A lot of people will DM me. I get about um, five or six DMs a week, sometimes more, about people asking me which company I should go to, what do I recommend? And I say, look, write down a list of, of four, five, six companies or offices in your area and go and meet all of them and go and have a conversation with all of them because at the end of the day, what suits me might not, not, not suit the next person because I have I have different personality, I have different characteristics, I will have a different relationship with the company. So it's definitely about shopping around and, and finding what you think might work for you. You know, if you were going to go buy a car or or buy a house or something, you're not going to buy the you're not going to walk straight into the first one that you see, are you? Which is unfortunately what I did. You know, I I was at I started at Barfin and Barfin and Thompson, which is an incredible company. Um, I had a lot of fun there. I was only there for six months, um, and I just felt like the 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 area that I was working in, which was um, you know, just it was around North Coat Hillcrest area. I hadn't been raised around there. I was very unfamiliar with with um those suburbs and didn't really know much about them it was quite far from about 30 35 minutes away from where i was living in browns bay uh, at the time and that side of the north shore i was yeah like i said just unfamiliar with it and i didn't really have as much of a a strong connection with it so um i left their company and i moved toward to harcourt's cooper and co which is to be honest one of the best brands i think in in new zealand had an incredible time there spent about two years or about one and a half to two years there Again, I was in and out of different, uh, a couple of people's teams um, or one person's team. Um, and that's another story. But um, in Harcourt Scooper & Co, I joined somebody's team. He was a very high performer in the Bays, which was 
an area that I was really passionate about. I was mm-hmm. working in the Browns Bay office, which was an incredible office, incredible manager and incredible agents there. And all of those things made it so much easier for me to wake up in the morning and go to work. So all of the people there contributed to like a really positive working environment. And that's what I was so fond of. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I... I went through a, a period where I was just unhappy with with life. I had some other personal stuff going on with, you know, girlfriends, and this and that. So I was in a bit of a rut. Um, and in that point, I decided that was kind of last summer. And then mm-hmm. I decided to move to Sotheby's um, for a couple of different opportunities. And um, they got me a, a really good time. Otherwise, I was super happy at Harcourt Scooper & Co. Working for somebody who had been really, really a, a strong agent in the base for about 10, 10 plus years. And I learned, honestly, I learned more from him and I learned more at Harcourts than I did in my whole first year in real estate. And that was, it was crazy. So that's how powerful it is when you're in the correct environment. And that's why I always stress to young agents or people getting into the industry, you don't understand how important it is to align yourself with the right brand and the right people from the start. Because I could genuinely tell you right now, hand on heart, that my first year in real estate was any, pretty much a waste of time. I learned almost nothing. I made virtually no money. I was floundering around. I, I was working in this area, working in that area. I was on a, on a terrible, terrible split, a percentage split with the person who I was in the team with. And that was just because I didn't know any better. You know, I was being taken advantage of. My time was being taken advantage of. My, my efforts and my energy and my enthusiasm all, were all being taken advantage of. And that's what, I guess... I really want to prevent for young driven and hungry agents because at the end of the day, I, I couldn't tell you how many times I was near, near to quitting, you know, at the very start, just because of how difficult it was. So, uh, and I feel like I'm, I'm a good agent. I'm a talented agent. I'm a young driven uh, human being. And I don't want people like me to decide that the industry is not for them just because they've been taken advantage of by, by older agents or, or other companies. Yeah. That's true. Oh, got very good information. And uh, what tips would you say? Like you have said that uh, choose five and see what your alignment. What was your alignment with the company that you found would suits you? Yep. So um, I guess um, uh, Harcourts was a very family kind of vibe company. It was very, very positive energy. All of the branch managers were actually. Uh, instead of just being really good salespeople, they were actually really incredible managers as well. All of them had had shown that they could be successful in all all kind of facets of the company. Um, the way the company was being run was really really good, um, and they were a company that competes in the mid mid range um, of real estate. You know, the middle, the kind of the median dollar value homes. Um, which is great because you can pump out a hell of a lot of volume and mm-hmm. most homeowners, if you knock on the door, they'll, they'll know who Harcourt's Cooper and Co are. So that was a really easy company for me to be a part of. I felt like I fit in there really well. Um, with Sotheby's, it's a very, very different company. Um, mm-hmm. Once you understand the intricacies and the ins and outs of real estate, you'll understand that um, a lot of the companies do have a massive, massive amount of differences um Sotheby's only operates really in the high end so we're talking mm-hmm. kind of luxury properties um the minimum scale is, is two million plus um I have colleagues that have listings that are you know 10 15 25 million dollars of real estate so that's I think what what my decision was in, in, in coming to Sotheby's is I personally can only really affect 
two things ultimately as a real estate agent um, on, on my end. And that is um, the volume of homes that I can sell and, mm-hmm. and the average sale price. And obviously the average sale price will have a direct, that's uh, uh, directly relative to how much commission you make. Obviously, if you're yeah. selling a, 10, a $10 million home, you're making more commission than selling a $1 million home. So I kind of thought the opportunity arose and I kind of thought, the sooner that I step into a company like this with that's working with those high-end companies and obviously you get paid a little bit more as well for effectively the same work. Um, you, you know, I, I just felt for myself, um, I suit this company, I suit the brand, I'm very aligned with with all of the people there. Um, the sooner that I join this company and establish myself, the better off I'm going to be down the track. Hmm. Interesting. And so uh, do you know what uh, the the most expensive house in Auckland then? The most expensive house in Auckland? Oh no, yeah. I should have done my homework for this. Um, oh. To be honest, no, I don't. Um, okay. I don't know if it's, uh, I don't know if you're referring to the most expensive sale. I do know there's there've been a couple of record sales. Sotheby's uh, International Realtor, we got uh, one of the one of the biggest sales uh, in, the, in the country last year. I believe that was around 27 mil. Um, wow. I, I could be a little bit off with that one, to be honest with you, but um, like I said, it's incredible being exposed to uh, deals of that size, um, yeah. and especially how nonchalantly the people that I work with speak about it. It's kind of crazy, you know. I'm very used to people talking about eight hundred thousand, one million, you know, nine hundred, one point one million dollar deals, and you know, kind of now being aligned with with, with agents, really, really good agents that are working with properties that are two mil four six eight ten fifteen plus million dollar properties it's really it's been a really cool experience you know i'm the youngest agent obviously in the office Sotheby's don't don't usually take on agents that um are, are younger or or you know they usually kind of have want their agents to be super experienced because of mm-hmm. the clientele you're going to be dealing with but it's been mm-hmm. an incredible experience so far and I'm, I'm super excited about the rest of the year especially yeah that's amazing like uh, have, buying the expensive houses so uh, when somebody tries to buy a house, you know, some people are buying it for 600,000, 500,000 yep. or whatever the price is, what, uh, what would you recommend them like, you know, looking for while buying a house? There's a, there's a lot of things, I guess. Um, all uh, of the folks that common, I've, common thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, to be completely honest with you, something that's going to take a lot of pain out of the process is actually working with an agent. A lot of people don't realize that as a buyer, they can actually engage a real estate agent and say, hey, I need help buying a house. I don't want, you know, to, to miss out on things. I don't want to, um, you know, be taken advantage of in any way. So uh, a lot of people don't realize that they can speak to a real estate agent and the real estate agent can work on their behalf to find them a property to purchase. Um, so they are the one that's having all the conversations with the other agents. They are the one that's going to be dealing with all the documents. They'll sign you up for open homes. They'll send you properties that they think you might like. And finally, and most importantly, they will help you the whole way through the sale process. And that's with the sale and purchase agreement. That's with the auction. That's with any other form of the, uh, you know, any other part of the, the purchasing process. So honestly, go to an agent, find a good a good agent. That's It's important they're local to you. And it's important that they work in the area that you're looking. Because if you, you know, somebody came to me, I live and work in, in the East Coast Bays on the North Shore of Auckland. And somebody said, hey, can you come and find me a property in South Auckland? It's, it's going to be really difficult because I don't know the market there. It's really, really far away from me. And I'm going to be out of touch 
with all the properties um, kind of in, in that area. So you really want to find a local expert, particularly somebody who's maybe a little bit younger or somebody who's new to real estate because they're going to have the most time for you. Yeah. And does this cost them anything, uh, having a no. buyer's agent? Great question. Great question. Okay. And I should have touched on this because it's very common knowledge for real estate agents, but it's not common knowledge for, 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 for normal people. So this will not cost you as a buyer. It doesn't cost you a dollar. So if I found yourself a property as a buyer's agent, like how, mm -hmm. like how I'm explaining, I am only paid at the end of the sale when the successful transaction is made. So, you, you know, we go to auction, you buy the house, I will be paid out of the other agent's commission. Okay, so if agent A lists a house, I bring you to the house, you buy it at auction, I am paid usually about 30%, 30% is standard, um, I'm paid out of the that other agent's uh, commission. Oh. So it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't cost a dollar. So effectively, my time is my time and my services to you are free until we purchase you, a, we, we, we find you a house. Oh, that's amazing. And yeah. what about, uh, can you attend auctions on their behalf? Um, if you say you're out of the country and we had an auction tonight and I could go there you know, and be a phone bidder for you, I can bid on your behalf. Um, but obviously um, it's better if you're there in person because you can kind of see other people and you can read their faces and um, you, at the end of the day, you're going to need to be the one to fill out the contract if you were successful anyway. Yeah. So next question I have is, uh, what is the difference between people selling the house with an agent, without an agent? Good question again. So um, with an agent, obviously, it's, it's, it's usually an exclusive agency. So a homeowner will, will employ uh, one agent and one agency you know harcourt sotheby's barfield and thompson uh, to sell to sell their to sell their property and they will be charged a commission for all of the services that are included okay other aside from that a lot of people choose to sell their home via private sale um, mm -hmm. which is something that's very possible um, a lot of homeowners who think they know the market well enough they know the legal side well enough they know how to actually market their home well enough think that they'd be capable of marketing and, and getting a good result. And, and I, you know, I, I believe they probably could be, you know, they could do that, you know, so um, it's completely up to the person do, make, doing it. Um, but in, at the end of the day, I think everyone's goal when they're selling their home is to make as much money from the transaction as possible. And that's what we as agents do for homeowners. That is our one sole purpose is to achieve the best result we possibly can for our for our clients and for our homeowners when people sell their homes privately they don't sometimes they don't quite understand but they they make it very difficult for themselves to do that because usually they're the ones doing the negotiating and and that can get very emotional and people can get very defensive about what they see in terms of value on their home and they don't have an ability to run all processes all methods of sales so as a, if you're doing a private sale as a homeowner you can't run an auction campaign and auction campaigns are are widely seen uh, and it's agreed in, in the real estate industry that they're the most successful um, and profitable way to 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 sell your home so um, only obviously the main agencies in new zealand will offer that um, and that's when you when you delay the sale of the home usually by about three or four weeks you get as much interest in that home as possible. You set a date for the sale of that home. All of the interested buyers turn up on the same day 
and they literally compete. It's like a trade meet. It's like a trade meet auction. It's very, very simple. Um, the more people you get through the home, the more people will turn up to the auction. The more people you have at the auction, the more people bid. And the more that people bid, the more money you'll get at the end of the day for your owners. So it's pretty much a bulletproof process on selling your home. As long as your home is squeaky clean and good condition, it has no issues with code of compliance, then um, it's really, really definitely the best way uh, to sell your home. Mm, yeah, interesting. So it would be a better option to choose an agent because then a lot of things you can actually save on. Because yeah, sometimes, because yeah. sometimes people don't think in a way like you know uh, they think about oh we're going to save money with an agent, but they don't they forget how much time they are putting on it. Correct, and it's a very hotly debated decision, really. And yes, you might save yourself thirty thousand dollars in fees, but you might miss out on extracting another. Two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars from the market that you could only get from running an auction campaign or or running a you know for sale by tender or whatever you would be. So it, it's it's a very and it can be it can be a successful process for some for some people that know what they're doing, but in most cases what I see is a very short sighted owner and they think I want to save this money I'm I'm good enough to do it themselves, and usually after two or three weeks of doing it themselves they've got a headache their phone's blowing up. No one's giving them the money they want. And by that time, they've actually only, they've already shot themselves in the foot because 70% of the market has already seen their home because it's been listed privately. And then it makes the actual rest of the process much more difficult as well. True. And, uh, what about, uh, what is the difference between an auction and the, I think the ask price or something? Yep. What is the yep. difference between both? Another good question. So I kind of just explained the auction process. Um, obviously, you, you list the home with a date, usually four weeks out. You employ an auctioneer to turn up on the day and and you know take the bids and field the bids. And they're they're very very talented human beings, auctioneers. I I often look at them and and just think there's no way that I could do this sort of level of arithmetic and and, and maths in my mind as fast as they do. And you know sometimes they're taking uh, bids from from all sorts of uh, places. Um, you know, there's a couple of different methods. Um, auction, in my experience, has been the most successful because you get every, give everyone the opportunity to to buy it, and um, everyone sees where the bidding is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if you get three people on auction day standing next to each other, they're putting their hand up and they're saying one thousand here, one thousand there. Um, at least if you lose, you know who's getting the home, and you know how much more they're willing to pay for you for it. If you yeah. list a house for the price, um, you often run into the issue of how do you know the price that you're putting on the home is going to be the price that it should sell for? Because at the end of the day, if you want to sell your home for a million dollars, but somebody would have paid 1.2 for it, you've just missed out on $200,000 and, you know, but you're none the wiser. So um, marketing a home without a price is definitely in the current market, the best way, the the best way to go. Um, Putting a price on the home is something that you usually do after a failed auction campaign. Um, Say you don't reach, the desired level for the homeowner to want to sell their home. After that has happened, you've, you run the auction campaign, it fails, it gets passed in an auction, it doesn't sell, and then you can put a price on it after, and that will often give you an increase of uh, inquiry. Uh, and when that happens, you usually get a lot more people inquiring on the property because they can actually see how much the owners want for it. So it's definitely not something that I would do if I was just launching a property. Okay, um, and I have seen that uh, some I've seen that some of the auctions you go to the place and the auctions is happening, and some are by paper based. What's that difference? Why is that 
so different in terms of what what did you mean sorry about the auction like some some people uh, go to the uh, office and does the yeah. auction and some people say uh, like you know put an offer through paperwork and is that auctions yeah. are also two types yeah well the, the only two types of auctions that i can imagine you'd be speaking about is is on site or in rooms so most big companies will have um uh, rooms big enough to host multiple auctions through the course of the night so for example when i was at harcourts um in takapuna they have a, a a large room and they they would run auctions on a tuesday and thursday um if it was a really hot market most time usually just on a thursday and you start at six o'clock and you have about 10 homes ready to be sold on the night all of the auctioneers there all of the buyers are there and they kind of they kind of rattle them off like a um like a conveyor belt so it's a really good way of doing it to be honest if you have a home that isn't um if it's in winter maybe people don't want to turn up to an on-site auction um but but i think in summer the best thing you could possibly do especially if you've got a gorgeous property a really well presented property is have an on-site auction because that way you know that all of the all of the people that are turning up are there for the auction that you're about to to conduct um the you get more commitment from the buyers you see who's truly interested in the house um and it's just nicer just to be at the home. It's more emotional. Residential real estate is very emotional. It's an emotional industry. It's an emotional game. So getting people to kind of buy into to, to that is, is really, really important, especially on auction day. Okay. And uh, and uh, I see that uh, you guys also put offers on different houses. How does that work? Agents putting offers on different houses? Yes, nice. uh, on behalf of the client. Right. So not something that I've done in the past. Um, the only way that I could see that that being a thing is, is if people had certain clauses in them that would allow them to do that. Um, mm -hmm. But but for most people, buyers only usually place one offer on one house at a time, because if both offers get accepted, um, or if you put two or three offers on different properties, then and all of them get accepted, then you've just legally signed yourself up to purchase three properties and it's it gets a bit hairy uh, unless you have certain clauses in there to protect yourself and uh, so let's uh, talk about how important it is for you to network in between people to get listing or do you like more door knocking yep so um getting more listings and getting more business is always something that a lot of real estate agents everyone has their own way of doing things obviously I, i've never really been someone who places a large emphasis on networking per se um obviously i i'd like to think that if any of my close friends or, or anyone was selling their house and i'd like to be, think that i'd be at least part of the conversation um because you know that's you know how you come across to your friends is is is, is who you really are you know and, and i think mm -hmm. a lot of the people that are close to me would 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 trust me selling their biggest asset just because of who i am as a person and that's something that you can't really get from networking and you know going to events i think relationships like that are important i think it is important because you know you never if you go to a, a you let's say a coffee catch-up every week and you're meeting with different business professionals from different fields yes i think there's value to that 100 um but i don't think that's necessarily going to get me a listing in the next two or three months you know so i think the things that We'll get your listing is just activity and this is again something i preach massively on on my TikTok, and what i tell people when they ask me questions on instagram is is activity is the thing that will make you money in this industry you don't it doesn't you don't have to be good at talking you don't have to look the part you don't have to have the best scripts or dialogues or anything if you are active 
and you are a volume agent when it comes to prospecting, you will get listings and you will make money. And that's like bottom line. Yeah, true. And uh, to become an agent, what is the process? Is it what, what, what is involved? Yep. So there's a couple of different things that you can do. You can do, first of all, you just search up uh, and I think it's called the National Salesperson Certificate Level 4. Um, and there are a bunch of different providers, Open Polytechnic Skills. Um, uh, I think Unitech offer a course. It's about $1,000 to do the course or $2,000, depending on if you do it uh, in in room, like in class, like a, with a lecturer. I think that will take about eight weeks. Mm -hmm. We have the option to do it. Um, kind of from distance as uh, as an online as an online session, which is actually what I chose. They give you six months to do it. I was studying, teaching, uh, working, and coaching and playing football at the same time. So I was I was you know I was slammed when I was doing mine, but I managed to pump it out in about four months. Um, if anyone else is looking at it, I would definitely recommend blocking out eight weeks of your life and just committing to it and going straight for it because the sooner you can get get it done the sooner you can get into the industry and the sooner you can get into the industry that's when the real learning begins because to be honest with you you can ask most real estate agents i i couldn't tell you on one hand you know, i can count five things that that i learned from from that from that degree it's just a prerequisite degree to get you into to get you into the industry you know all of the learning 99 percent of the learning is done on the job with experience oh yeah that's true i also learned everything while doing the job yeah <laughs> yeah uh so and what how much does the license cost uh the, li the license itself so once you've completed the study i think it's about eight hundred dollars or nine hundred dollars and you have to renew that every single year so how much does that cost eight hundred to nine hundred dollars eight hundred to nine hundred dollars okay that's not that expensive it's no. just that you have to save that much money to make sure you can get it you're, you're going to be making money in the first place yeah yeah that's good uh and now have you got any kind of um so as i know you're coaching people and advising people on tiktok have you thought about uh being a mentor to people as well like charging them to be there? um yeah like i i have thought about it a little bit and i think um it is something that i definitely consider um but it's not really something that i want to market myself as um, obviously I like to give free advice and stuff like that. And it does, it does get to a point where I have to say to people kind of look like you, you can't just ask me every single question there is about real estate. Cause I've got to, I've got to work too. If you're a follower of me on TikTok or, or anything like that, you, you'd probably see that there'll be, there'll be times where I go for weeks without posting stuff. And I'll, all of a sudden I'll post, you know, 10 things in the space of two or three days. And that's purely because of my own workload. Um, TikTok's got, you know, it's not my full-time anything. It's it's merely kind of just a hobby and it's something to to help the next generation of real estate agents, um, you know, transition faster into, into, a, into a difficult industry. So um, I definitely would consider mentoring if, if somebody reached out to me and was willing. Um, obviously, I have to think about how much, how much my time is worth and how much that whole process is worth because it's um it's more about my own time and the value of my own time and uh, I, I would i think i would have to prove the person that i was mentoring to make sure that they were kind of you know worthy of investing weeks and weeks of my of my time into or maybe a, a short course that you can sell on your website maybe yeah yeah you know I, i've thought about courses before i think the problem with courses these days is that especially in things like e-commerce and things like that they've been um there's now a, a, a definitely a negative um how do i say this there's a negative uh, i just courses these days are a little bit 
they have the reputation of being a little bit scammy. I've bought courses before. I've bought successful courses before. I've paid for mentors before. I have mentors currently that are worth 10 times more money than I've, than I've ever paid for them. Um, but it because the world of courses and, and, and mentorship is like that, a lot of people have taken advantage and, you know, made average courses that, and charge people thousands of dollars for them. So I, I don't want to be one of those people. If somebody wants my guidance and mentorship, then yes, absolutely. I, I can, you know, give me 10 minutes and I can put a dollar value on that. But in terms of courses and stuff like that, it's not so much something that I'm thinking about right now. Oh, sweet. I just thought to ask because yep. this can help a lot many people because you have the knowledge. Yes, of course. Yeah. And uh, how did you manage to start uh, using the TikTok as well as Instagram for your real estate? Because I don't see many people are doing that. So yep. how does that transition came in? Um, how did it come in? I think... I think, I mean, I think I started, I can't remember, I'd have to scroll back on my videos, I can't remember when I started, but I was living by myself in an apartment and TikTok started to pick up and I kind of just saw like a bit of a, I'd look for real estate on TikTok and, um, you know, just because everyone wants to know relatable things, you know, with TikTok and Instagram, when you look at memes and, and funny things on the internet, you always want what's relatable. So all the relatable things were just in, in America and they were very American and America does real estate a lot different to, to, to New Zealand and Australia. It's, it's a complete different industry almost. Um, so I kind of just thought there's, you know, why not document my, a little bit of my experience? So um, when I was at Harcourts, I started doing that a little bit with the open homes. And when I was having conversations with buyers or, or useful things that I thought were, thought were funny, and I just ended up tracking them up. And then, and then all of a sudden, a couple of them go sit, not viral, but like, you know, you get a few hundred thousand views on something and um, you start getting all these followers. And now I've got 5,000 followers and people are asking me questions every day. You know, like it's kind of a bit a bit random how it got here. And now I, I just seem to be this person that people come to for advice. And I didn't even really have any idea that it, I could even do that for people, you know? So I just feel like I, I, these days anyway, I'm, I'm quite big on giving back without any expectation for anything in return because in, in turn everything will come back um and you know towards me hopefully um if i just if i just give so i think at this point i'm pretty happy just to help people with information and provide as much advice as possible um mm -hmm. and then uh you know fingers crossed i'll be rewarded in the future you will be <laughs> you're doing really well i really like the way you're sharing your knowledge it's an, not an easy thing but Thank now you. i understand why because you're a teacher yes exactly it's the way that i present it yes and uh in terms of if somebody comes to you today to buy a house uh, mm -hmm. how much does it cost them like you know the marketing and then uh, the photographs and all of those yep, things yep. and how much commission something yep so to sell to sell a house i think maybe what you were referring to is is it, it varies with depending on what company you use most real estate companies in new zealand will charge you between two and 4% commission to sell a home. So um, let's just go for 4%, um, which is the highest usually in, in New Zealand. Um, on a million dollar house, the owner will be charged $40,000 um, in commissions. So if I was to sell a home that was worth $1 million, I wouldn't make personally $40,000. The company would take sometimes between 50 and 70% of that commission uh, sorry, they would take between 50 or 30% 30 
the agent, so myself, the person who does the, does the whole campaign and sells the home, runs the auction, whatever, uh, we are paid between 50 and 70%. So I could make anything between 20 to 30,000 on that one sale. It's usually closer to 50% for newer agents. Experienced agents usually get around 70%. So, um, you know, I guess, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of money, but, you know, why do you become a real estate agent? Because, you know, I don't, nobody becomes a real estate agent because they love, you know, because they love houses. I, you know, people say that, but I, it's kind of just a bit, it's rubbish, you know, like I joined real estate because I want to achieve financial freedom and I want to do things for my family and for my friends that maybe they, they wouldn't have had the opportunity to do if it wasn't for me. So I'm just passionate about that. That's my reason that I do it. And, you know, I want to create a life for myself that, that only a, a job and in an industry like this could create. So, um, you know, with regards to the other other marketing and things like that, it depends on the home, it depends on the owner, and it depends on the agent. For a recent campaign that, that I'm going to be pushing, um, we're doing some uh, 15 terrace townhouses in uh, the top of the North Shore in Long Bay. Um, and we, we, we've extracted about $30,000 of marketing for that campaign, which is an incredible amount of money. Bearing in mind, it's a big development. So you mm -hmm. do need a little bit more money. There are 15 homes there. Um, mm -hmm. for the listing that I have again a little bit uh, you know outside of the North Shore north of the North Shore uh, we've got about a $10,000 marketing package there plus another $4,000 for staging so mm -hmm. I'm really happy with that again I think owners who can see the value in a big marketing package are the ones that will always do the best because at the yeah. end of the day the more marketing money you spend the bigger you cast your net and the more people see your home, the more people see your home, the more people turn up to open homes. And nice, as I said, the more people that turn up to the open homes, turn up to the auction, put their hand up at the auction, and then you have more people. You know, you can't sell a secret. So you've got to be yeah. really, really aggressive in the way that you market your home, I believe, anyway. That's true. And what uh, what about staging? So do we have uh, professional people who come and stage the ha houses? Yep. Yep, you have professional individual companies. Um, I mean, I couldn't name any off the top of my head. Um, I've just engaged with a new staging company to do my new listing. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're all, as far as I know, they're, they're very good. They're very good companies. The one that I'm working with have, have been excellent uh, thus far. Um, they do a great job. You have your staging done. Um, you, then you have your photos done and then you'd start your marketing. So you push it up on trade me, realestate.co.nz, um, all the other portals. And then at the end you have the auction. Um, you sell the home and then within about a month, the commission is paid out. So um, I actually don't get paid a single dollar until the owners are happy with the price that I, you know, I've got them on, on auction day. So that's the beauty of it. You know, you can, as the homeowner, you can cancel the campaign at any time. They mm -hmm. can tear up the agency agreement and say, Louis, I don't want to sell my house anymore. And I have to say, yeah, you know what, that's fine. Um, you know, let's look at it six months later or let's look at it a year later. Obviously, that, that rarely happens because I like to be quite hands-on and, and, and communicate as, as best as I can with the owners. So I, I like to feel that I've got my finger on the pulse and I know what they're feeling. And I, I know, you know, it gets stressful before auction, um, mm -hmm. but usually you just have to hold their hand a little bit through the process and say, look, it's going to be all right. Um, and usually it, it is. Oh, sweet. So... Um, another question I have is, what is a day like for you, for Louis day? Hunter, every day, yeah, I, like I got uh, asked, as a real estate agent? Yeah, yeah, I got asked to do one of these on, on TikTok recently, didn't I? So I had to 
I had to um, put something together. But um, to be honest, non-lockdown, we'll say we'll go out of lockdown because this is just random times at the moment. Yeah. Wake up at about wake up at about five in the morning, um, go downstairs, uh, have a coffee, read a, a, a good book for about 15 minutes, head to the gym, do about an hour, an hour session at the gym, come back, have like a healthy, like um, like some sort of healthy breakfast, you know, like a um, I don't know, not not porridge. What does everyone use? Like an oat, oats, and oats. Berries yeah. And, yeah, 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 all yeah, that yeah. stuff. Um, and then come back to my setup here, which is do some work wow. here. Wow! Um, so I get a bit of a head start on uh, get a bit of a head start on like my work day here. If I have any urgent emails or any urgent stuff that I need to get to, um, and then usually I will either have appointments through the middle of the day. Um, or I will go into work and, and do some work or have some meetings and things like that. Real estate agents days, are, it's very hard for us to say what we would do in one day because our days are honestly, they're so random. Sometimes I just have to drop everything and go to an appointment because that's maybe the only time a buyer can, can, you know, can meet me. So there are sometimes if I'm selling developments, which I have two of those coming up, I might have to go and be on a showroom for two hours of my day. Um, if it's a Saturday or Sunday, I've likely got open homes. Um, sometimes on, on Fridays, I'll take the morning off. You know, I'll go get a coffee with one of my mates or I'll go get a haircut. Um, you know, I've just started putting together a, a new, um, like a new zone for my farming. So farming and real estate is when you pick uh, between 500 to 1,000 homes in a specific area that you're passionate about and start mm-hmm. dropping flyers, door knocking, dropping DLEs, dropping marketing material in, in, in boxes and hoping that people decide that, that hey, they want to talk to me uh, before they sell their home. So I've just chosen a new area because I've um, <clears throat> had obviously a bit of a shift in the last six to eight months with my real estate. So I've just chosen a new area I'm super passionate about, close to mom and dad's house, close to where I got raised, close to the primary school that I went to. Um, so I'm, I'm super enthusiastic about, about hitting that. And that's something that will take up a lot of my time, preparing the mail outs, preparing the DLEs, preparing the, the letters, and then actually going and doing the, the, the letter drops. Is obviously, I'm not at a point in my real estate career right now where I have the money to throw at somebody to, you know, to go and deliver a thousand flyers a week. Big agents often do that or, you know, the lazier agents or people that don't feel fit enough to do it. But I see it as a, as a great way to get out and exercise. So that's something that I'm looking forward to. But um, yeah, like I said, it's kind of a bit, you know, people see real estate agents going out for coffee or going out for a drink and be like, oh, you know, I want to live that kind of lifestyle. But no, no, no. It's a lot of the time when if a new development launches or a new listing launches, you can be doing 12 plus hours a day. And it's not by choice. Do you know what I mean? Like people will call you at whatever time they want if they want to buy the house that you're selling and you just have to, to suck it up. And, um, you know, there is a little bit of, of sacrifice involved, but that's why you get paid well. Yeah. And uh, I have seen in, uh, uh, because I saw, see a lot of uh, real estate agent videos on YouTube, I've seen yeah. in, uh, uh, even in Australia, US that, you know, they are opening drinks. And one time there was a lady who arranged Botox treatment for the open house do does that these kind of things happen in new zealand in the north shore of new zealand i can 100 guarantee that you will not see any agent offering botox botox treatment but i do <laughs> but, I, but i do but i do know agents that you know they'll they'll put out you know a little bit of the food or some cookies or some coffee or um not so much wine i think wine and champagne and stuff is definitely like if you if you work and sell over the city side or 
in the east coast bays of um of Auckland, you know, the uh, you know, Mission Bay and Hearn Bay and, and the very kind of the you know the wealthier areas, if you will. Um that's where you might you might get champagne on a on an evening open home, but on the North Shore, everyone's very grounded. All the agents are are very cool, they're very um down to earth mostly. And you know, maybe we'll get a bottle of water if it's if it's a hot summer day, maybe you get some cookies. Sometimes they give some sweets to the kids to to distract them and to stop them rubbing their hands all over the over the furniture or glass. But um yeah not not botox not botox <laughs> and not even uh, drinks as well because obviously health and safety as well yeah i'm not i'm not sure what the rules are around providing like beer or wine or something in an open home um i think you've obviously got to have some sort of license or something but i definitely i definitely wouldn't be offering that i'll probably just drink it anyway <laughs> sweet thank you for that information so um uh, i I would like to ask, what would you recommend a new real a real estate agent to do um, in the start? Follow me on TikTok. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, <laughs> go and have meetings with as many people as you can that are in the industry, branch managers, agents in the area that you want to work or for the company that you think, you know, might be cool to work for and just ask them about what the industry is like, you know, how much they can expect to make in their first year um how hard they have to work how many hours they have to put in um mostly you know asking agents this can sometimes be a bit difficult because they'll you know they'll say they'll say this is how i do it or this is how i do it and they realistically might not be making any money themselves so make sure you do a bit of research go on agents profiles and and, and have a little look around and branch managers are usually the best and just ask about the company and you know ask about what it's like to work at the company they usually won't they won't lie to you and and um, they like being pretty straight up. In my experience, all the branch managers that I've ever met love talking about real estate. You know, they've been working in the industry for five, 10, 15 plus years. So there's a reason for that. So I think just, just going and doing a bit of research for yourself and literally feeling the vibe when you walk into an office and seeing if the agents are walking around smiling, laughing, or if they're actually miserable. If they're miserable, then you're probably not in the right place. So it's definitely just about finding, it's about finding, you know, what you enjoy and what you love and, you, you need to be with a company that, that aligns with you. That's true. Uh, and lastly, I would like to know five takeaways from Louis Conto. Five takeaways? Yes. Is it my five favorite takeaway food places? No. <laughs> takeaways <laughs> as in what motive, uh, like, uh, you know, any motivation, speech, yeah. or you would say, I use these five rules, uh, these mm -hmm. things that I follow, and it is like, and I know number one is discipline for you. Yeah, okay, so I'll add a little bit to number one, okay? So number one is, is discipline will always beat motivation, no matter what. So if you can become a disciplined human being, then you'll, you'll wake up and you'll never need motivation. And my brother and people that I, I know and people that I'm close with will absolutely back me up on that. My second one is probably um, everyone should be, I believe everyone should be reading at least two to three hours a week. And that's like really minimal. Um, you know, obviously personal development books are my, are my like forte. Um, but even anything, anything else, it just expands your mind. And um, it's really important, I think, for people, especially younger generation. You know, I consider myself in the younger generation of real estate agents, even though I'm 28. To be reading constantly because if your mind if you're not filling your mind with with stuff like that and you're not um you know filling your mind with, with positivity and, and expanding it then it's it's not growing and it's just staying stagnant you know so um number three 
probably just just set some sort of limit on your phone for how much time you can spend on social medias you know obviously i'm a big person you know i, I you know i'm a big advocate for tiktok it's free marketing it's it's free reach it's, it's incredible for a lot of good things and it, it has a lot of good benefits but obviously there are a lot of people that will spend way too much time on their app instagram facebook even snapchat whatever set yourself um some time reminders on your phone so at least in the back of your mind if you hit those reminders you it's telling you you shouldn't be spending any more time um on this app so i think it's really important because it kind of i always feel like it just corrodes your mind it really limits your cognitive ability the more time that you spend and you know i you know, there are days where I spend too much time on, on TikTok or Instagram, whatever. I'm not perfect, but I think at least you're being, at least you should be aware of what it does to your mind and how much it limits you. So number four, I definitely, obviously is something else that's uh, massive throughout me for my day is just exercises. Is if you can, you know, wake up and exercise um, early in the morning and you, if you come back from the gym, you'll just feel you've honestly it feels incredible just like that that post-workout dopamine rush um that's why all of the all of the top people uh you know top business people you know they'll they're the ones you know it's the ones that here's a the 5am club i'm giving this to one of my friends soon um she's super keen to she's super keen to read it um again it's just all, all the top people in the world all the top top business people look at what they do tony robbins kevin hart um all, you know, rappers that you follow, Big Sean, like all of them wake up as the sun's coming up, exercise, they sweat and you feel incredible. It, it will change, it will change the, the course of your day. I promise you that. And five, I don't know, that was four, four was probably my limit, but um, I don't know. Exercise gratitude and just be kind to other people without without expecting anything else in return. Like I, I really, it's something that I've been trying to work on as much as I can this year. The last 18 months for me have been like super tough just for heaps of personal reasons, but got some good friends around me, got some good people around me. And now all I'm trying to do as much as I can is just be grateful for what I have, especially with all the things you look at what's happening around the world. It's mental and you, you, you have to just not, take things for granted around you and you've got to be grateful for what you have i've got to be grateful for this chair that i'm sitting on this water that i'm drinking the coffee that i'm drinking before and just realize that there are so many people around the world that don't have access to any of that and just doing everything you can just to just to accept that you know i'm lucky i'm blessed i'm in a very very fortunate position i'm, I'm in a position where i can make money that could change my life and change the life of people around me so just being really aware of that and you know trying to do as much as I possibly can for others again without expectation of anything in return it's a real big challenge it's a really hard thing to do sometimes when you get in moods or when you're upset or when you're angry or when you haven't slept well um but yeah I, I, if you can do those five things and trust me I can't do them all every day 10 out of 10 but sometimes I'm 9 out of 10 sometimes I'm 9.5 out of 10 so if you can do all those things you'll be you'll be a happy person yeah thank you so much for that and it really means a lot and i can see you are you are english but uh, you become kiwi now but the way you give back all of those things yeah 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 in yeah, between english kiwi yeah, i'll say that no no while having conversation i can tell you are a kiwi now yeah yeah yes okay. you are english you are english <laughs> but your the way you do things for people it's very kiwi yeah 
Yeah. So thank you uh, for your for your time. Is there a possibility no we we can do a giveaway from you? A giveaway. Um, yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe I don't know what I have to offer. One hour, a one hour mentor session with the one of the new yep. or that five AM book. Five AM book. book. Yeah. Um, I'm actually about to lend it to somebody, but I actually think the mentor maybe um maybe uh maybe like a half hour um some sort of half an hour like gut um mentorship or like yeah like any sort of if anyone wants to just have half an hour on the phone with me i'm more than happy just to sit down and, and do a half hour a half hour call with them and ask them and, and talk to them about what their goals are what their targets are anything with regards to real estate I'm more than happy to do that perfect then that's perfect cool. thank you for that yeah and thank you so much for your time and it's no worries. i really appreciate that and once i will be i'll send you the link when i post this video and okay. let me know if you want me to share anything uh, for the description about mm -hmm. you on the yep. video. And thank you to all the listeners and the people who are watching the video. Uh, please contact uh, Louis if you need any help with buying houses or selling houses because he can definitely help. Because he not only works, but he also gives back to the community, which is not everyone is doing. And if you are looking to buy, a house you can buy it from anybody if you want a home then louis counter is the one <laughs> there we thank go. you so much Wonderful. See ya. thanks a lot see ya bye see ya